What's up, Cowboys Nation? And welcome to another episode of the Cowboys Can Fan Podcast, brought to you by Fansided and the official podcast of thelandryhat.com. On today's show, we break down uh, the Combine. The NFL Combine was this weekend, and we break down what we saw so far, what we liked, uh, who we think the Cowboys should draft, and if any of our decision uh, pre-Combine has been changed uh, after we've seen the re- these results from these fantastic athletes. We also talk about the Dallas Cowboys free agents and who they might potentially sign before the draft. If you like what you're hearing, you need to join us uh, on the YouTube and all the other social medias. You can find us on YouTube, www.youtube.com slash Cowboys Can Fan Podcast, or just search Cowboys Can Fan Podcast on YouTube. We will pop up. You can also go to CowboysCanFan.com. Uh, we got a bunch of uh, links to all of our socials there, as well as the YouTube, and uh, have a blog. We've been starting to write a little bit, so uh, if you got a, a quick second on the bathroom, uh, in the bathroom, on your bathroom break, and you need to read something, we got some articles there uh, that shouldn't take more than five minutes, but can take as long as ten if you need to. Uh, and then finally, yeah, find us on all the social medias at Cowboys Can Fan. Drop into our DMs. Uh, we do the live show every Wednesday at 6 p.m. PST, 8 p.m. CST, 9 p.m. EST. We also do a Sunday show. We're going to try to figure out uh, a time, but that's the show you're listening to right now. And um, other than that, if you love Dallas Cowboys, but you also like other sports, you need to check out the Grid Network. That's G-R-Y-D Network. It's a group of amazing uh, sports minds and personalities. And uh, we talk about, they, we, they, us, we talk about everything from, um, well, all sports, not just the Dallas Cowboys. So if you love sports, check out Grid Network. All right, enough of me. Let's get into the podcast. Are we live? Are we live? We are live. I'm just throwing out that bat signal. Get it up. No No fancy intro. We are rolling without a chief technical officer on this one. <laughs> it's a, it was a bit of a, I imagine on your end, I was just trying to log into my account. I wasn't even getting anything ready and I was sweating. So I imagine, was it hard to get this? Uh, so for anyone listening, we switched to, this is a little behind baseball, a little techno, technical uh, shenanigans. We switched from Zoom to a different program uh, because Adam is in New York living his best life and ate, left AJ and I to on our only our second Sunday episode, he left us to fend for himself because he has his second job. This is our first job. He ran out yeah. on us to do his other job to feed his family. So, but but we we battled together and we got it we got it rolling. You figured her out. I mean, I blame him for having a family <laughs> uh, in the first place. But hey, I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm chilling, as you can see, with some history behind me. You got Jimmy Johnson uh, with you. Got Jimmy J in the, in the middle of what looks like a uh, bukkake party. Uh, <laughs> just having a great time. Those are those are memories that, you know, last forever. But hey, th- this every single year we come to this same point of the season and yep. uh the Cowboys are in line to um make trades with every single NFL player and draft every single NFL player. <laughs> yeah. So every every it's funny that you say that every article is seems like every player is linked to Dallas somehow. I got a question for you though. Does this pick up on the, uh, on here? 
Oh yeah. Crack me. Crack them. But you're right. At this time of year with every free agency player and every single draft prospect, it's like they talk to the Cowboys. They'd love to be on the team. It's you hear it with from everybody. Yeah. I I mean, I don't, it's super rare when a T like a player now, although it has happened to like some really prolific uh, draft picks in the past, but they don't, they rarely say, Oh, I don't want to play for that team. You know, I think the last one maybe was Eli Manning. If I'm, memory serves me correct yeah he he got drafted i want to say it was by the chargers but uh yeah he did get drafted but he got drafted by someone also uh who else did there was a few players that have done that but yeah definitely eli manning he didn't want to play he he held out basically and said well i'm not going to play for you guys so you may as well get trade picks so but you and don't really that see whole, that very often no and there was that whole uh th- i think it's a 30 on 30 um where they do there's a bunch of things that happened in one day. OJ, OJ Simpson, uh, there was the draft, uh, drafting of a couple quarterbacks. Um, and I think one of them had uh, the same type of thing. But anyways, like it's just something you don't necessarily see now where a player is like, oh, hell no, I don't want to go play for the Jags. <laughs> well, I think now with the very having the being the very first overall pick, you make so much more money than – say even the, the fifth or sixth or seventh. So at this point, if you're going to get drafted, you're just happy. You, another player that did it was uh, John Elway. He didn't want to go play. Yes. I think he got drafted or Indianapolis was going to, or Baltimore, I think it was at the time, was going to draft him. And he basically said, I'm not doing it. But in this year yeah. with the Cowboys, that's not going to happen because we're going at, at about 26. Have you been keeping up with any of the combine stuff from the last few days? Yeah, actually, yesterday I was really excited. I I sent the same message twice to you boys, <laughs> but like it was, it was probably my favorite day. Now the problem with watching the combine is I just I don't know enough about the fundamentals. So every quarterback, for example, I was like, oh man, that guy can throw a deep ball. Oh yeah. man, that guy can really throw that hitch. But there was like you know, if I listened with the volume up, they were pulling like, oh look at him throwing across his body that's going to be an issue and I can't see that shit so I started to make notes and they just all started adding up to be the same so I was like okay like you know I, I really don't like it they all look like good quarterbacks to me although a few that that stood out um was Hayner I believe his name or Hader Haydner something like that uh and and Stetson Bennett although I think he's kind of probably going to be a someone who the Cowboys don't aren't going to draft because he's going to go higher than expected. But yeah. And then, and then wide receivers, I mean, they're all so fucking fast. Uh, I did learn a little bit more though, about what the drills mean and that, and like, okay, if they did good on this, it means that they have uh good explosive yeah, so, speed. So the ju- any of the jumping type of stuff, like uh, the high jump and the vertical, the vertical jump and the long jump, that's basically all for explosiveness. Like they right. get worried, they get worried about guys that don't necessarily jump far for their size because that's one of the main things. That's your pushing power. That's if if someone's in front of you and you need to block, or that that's all coming from your legs. So those end up being huge um, kind of stats that they look at. One thing that that did happen for the quarterbacks before we get away from the quarterbacks is Anthony yeah. Richardson since two two thousand three ran one of the top five times ever by a quarterback. He ran. Uh, 40 time at four, four, three. That's like kind of my biggest thing that I, I pay attention to. Cause I could, it's like pretty cut and dry. Oh, this guy ran this fast. 
right? Like you could basically look at a quarterback, have his 40 and be like, okay, this dude ran that fast. A uh, surprising one was Max Dugan from QB uh, quarterback from TCU. And this puts it into perspective a little bit. He ran a 40 time at four, five, two CD lamb ran his at four, five, one. So it's kind of, it's kind of crazy when you look at, when you put him up against one of our, I would say CD lamb's probably one of our fastest players. And this guy, this guy ran it pretty quick. He's been linked to Dallas a bit because he might fall down the draft boards and be there around maybe the fifth round, fifth to seventh round. So are you, if you had to pick a quarterback, because we're talking quarterbacks, wide receivers, yeah. tight ends from yesterday, what round would you be willing to finally say, okay, there's a guy I like here. Let's possibly take him. Right. I think the first three rounds you need to dedicate to uh, like next year starting positions as best you can. So fourth round and after, and then that's really going to be determined on who's left and and can we wait another round potentially. Like I always like to look at this when I'm when I'm making a decision uh, on Madden is I kind of calculate thirty picks and, and I know this isn't really how it works out because not everyone's picking BPA. But you can kind of look forward thirty picks. But like, okay, there's three guys left in that area who are probably going to be there who I would take. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to draft, uh, you know, another position because I believe I'm going to have a choice of those three guys. It doesn't really work out, but at the same time, if someone's standing out at that, at that number in third round, I know it's, it's early, but if someone's standing out and you feel good about them, you probably hate the pick at that time. But if they pick up a quarterback, who's going to uh, either a push, push Dak or B, B, maybe some trade value in the future if if that's how things, you know, shuffle. Um, I'm ha- I'm fine with that too, but you're really not going to know until the end of that season if that's paying off or not. So, so it's more Somewhat risky. Round. Fourth round. Fourth, yeah. See, I'm kind of the same. I kind of feel the same way. Like you said, one to three, there's too many good players and we have too many holes on our team right now. Well, maybe not holes, but we have too many positions that we need to upgrade. So I agree. I, I would hate if the Cowboys drafted a quarterback in the first three rounds. Fourth round, I think it's I think you're fair enough to go for anyone if they see a player they like. Not only will, like you said, light a fire under Dak's ass, but possibly he ends up being trade uh, bait in the future. Yeah. Kind of like the Patriots had done forever. Yeah, if you if you could take, say, say he was a third rounder um, and, and move him up so he is a, or he performs well enough and he becomes a second or first um, round trade value of however you want to break that down, whether it's for players or for, for picks. Okay. So that's a good investment, but, uh, yep. we are in, we've talked about it. We are in that kind of win now scenario. So I, I, I would not really look for that, especially with what we're seeing out there. Like just to not move necessarily, if there's anything that you want to say about quarterbacks, but we can hang here, but there were some, uh, Big boys running four fours, the same as that Tank Dell. Yeah. Um, so, like, did and did was there any shakeup for you um, after seeing yesterday's combine with the wide receivers and and cornerbacks? Was there any shakeup to you on who you want to go with first? Well, a guy I know that, we were kind of yeah, a guy yeah. that I a guy that I talked about uh, in my my mock draft article on CowboysCanFan.com, our hey, blog post. I was talking about how DJ Turner I thought would be the fastest cornerback in the NFL or in the draft class, and he was. He blew he blew everyone away with four, a four two six forty, which is 
that's pretty much flying. No one's even really close to 4T. You got you got uh, Bennett almost fringe taking it. Someone that with the cornerback position, DJ Turner, he that probably bought him, jumped him up a couple rounds. One su- yeah. one surprise, actually two wide receivers I was surprised about. Jalen Hyatt and uh, and Booty both had very suspect combines. Like Hyatt, they, he said he got hurt, and Booty just didn't explode. Like these guys are both supposed to be running high four three or high at least high four threes. And yeah. Jalen Hyatt high at four forty. He was expected to be in the four twos. He, that's his whole trait. His whole claim to fame going into the NFL is supposed to be his forty time. He said he was banged up. Possibly he's going to have it. Uh, he'll probably run again at his pro day, the Tennessee's mm-hmm. pro day. But if he still doesn't run, break into the high four threes or sorry, low four threes, that's going to hurt his draft stock as being a guy that's supposed to be a burner. Do, do you feel like wide receiver and cornerback is still the number one, two positions to be looking for? Well, there's been a couple guys. That, I mean, that Nolan Smith, who we drafted in our mock draft last week, you see a guy like yeah. that moving how he's moving. If you get to the point and you have an athletic freak like him at 26, it's I'm all about I'm all about the athletic guys at that point, right? Like 26, you're looking for a guy that busts out on the athletic measurements, not so much as much as his game game. At 26, you're not a premier. How can I explain it? you're not really a premier player like the top yeah. 10 guys are I'd say late first round picks. You're kind of looking for a Nolan Smith who ran a four, three, nine and just jumped out as a workout maniac. Right. So I, if he's there, there's, and then there's running back possibly like there's so many ways the Cowboys could end up going. And with free agency starting March 15th, it kind of depends what we do there before we can even really see what we're going to do in the draft. Yeah, I, I um, you never forget that, or you you have to remember that there's the free agency before, and that can like have the biggest impact. Outside of like, I think a lot of guys moved, uh, did performed well on the combine and moved themselves up. Um, I don't know how many people hurt themselves. Like you mentioned, though, with Hyatt kind of running that lower four or a four four exactly, it's a dis it's it's a disappointment. Although still. It's half a or it's a point one second faster than CD Lamb, so you know how much does that really matter? They also were looking more at the uh, ten second split or twenty sec ten to twenty second split for some players too, because yep. that's where where I guess the the actual difference is made, right? So for running backs, it's I think that first 10, 10 yards is really important how quickly they can get to ten yards, and then for uh, wide receivers, I, I believe it's between the 10 to 20 uh, yard range. So, you know, how much does it mean overall? Well, it's an old school metric that they're still doing, but I think that the teams don't necessarily look at the 40 as a whole. They're looking at like chunks of it, which is interesting. I don't think you can write. It's a fun thing for us, us fans at home to kind of put our rest our hat on because it's something that's so easy to, it's, it's so black and white, right? He either ran it fast or he ran it slow. But I, yeah. I can't remember what coach it was they interviewed asking, how much do you put into these workouts? And he goes, they they don't. I mean, they a guy can jump up the boards, but a lot of the time they're looking at tape. 
right? They're looking at if the guy yeah. can actually play. He said anyone can be a good pajama, it, be, play well in his pajamas. Can't remember what coach it was, but like with the quarterbacks, they should they should all have really good combines. They don't have anyone. They don't have anyone rushing them. They don't have. They're not getting tackled. You, you know what I mean? Like there's not really. Uh, it's just such a tough, it's a hard way to, the combine has a lot built up about it, but it's a hard way to actually use it to what these yeah. teams are actually looking at. I think Dan Quinn even said something along those lines too. And maybe it was DQ. Yeah. Um, but this is just, I when I mentioned earlier there, I just, I found that uh, link that you shared. It's pretty funny though. Tank Dale, five foot eight, almost five foot nine or, or five foot eight and a half, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Him, him, and I can't even. I'm not even going to try to say that guy's name. Double A, baby. Double A, uh, who's 282 pounds, mind you. They each ran a 449. So that's fucking. That's insane. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the. I wish they actually because they kind of cropped them so that they look the same size for the picture. But I wish it actually was cropped so you could see like Dell's probably to this guy's nipples. <laughs> Yeah, double uh, A is 170 pounds heavier. So, and they ran the same the same 40. Imagine yeah, him. Hit, imagine wild. him hitting Dell. Well, there was a couple big boys, uh, D linemen, and, and I think interiors too, who were running like extremely fast for their size. Yeah, there was a defensive tackle that ran faster than so. Cansey. Uh, the defensive yeah. tackle from Pittsburgh, he ran a four six seven, and he is not a small man. So he he ran the fastest since I believe it was Aaron Donald. Let's see his weights six one six one two hundred and eighty one pounds, and he ran a four six seven. Yeah, <laughs> I know, eh? That's crazy. Well, it's exciting to see. I mean, but the reality is, uh, we're only going to get maximum seven of these guys. I think we got some. Yeah. Some pick, uh, consolation picks or whatever they're called. So, um, but yeah, we, th this is where we're going to go over some articles. I mean, unless there's anything else you want to uh, say about, about no, the, the combine's combine. always fun. The combine's always fun to watch fun. and it's fun to see these guys run fast and, you know, make plays. But how, I mean, how much can you actually put a, put into it? As much as we, as much as we can, but the coaches don't seem to. <laughs> so so he, here's our articles, and uh, I'm just going to go through them randomly. Okay. That's how I pulled them up. So the order might not make sense, but we're going to make it work. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a, a – these are all uh, the LandryHat.com, uh, home of uh, the Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast. So we have here the by uh, uh, Jerry Trotta. The Cowboys get last laugh over Leo Collins' contract disaster with Bengals. So some some of the big highlights, I guess, uh, that they uh, bring out here is that both Dorrance Armstrong and Sam Williams combined for 12 and a half sacks, 25 quarterback hits, and 20 tackles, which filled in nicely. Uh, they're talking about letting Gregory go. Um, but then the transition to steal from Collins was actually really awesome and pretty much solidified steel if he'll have it as being our, our uh, right tackle for weeks, uh, years to come, hopefully not weeks to come. <laughs> uh, but, but Collins had some, uh, had a rough time in um, uh, with the Bengals. And although we performed well, I think he was right here. It says ranked 51st among tackles uh, for pass blocking. So 
Well, and is his salary going into this season? They're saying that he's a prime candidate to get cut by the Bengals, right? So yeah, you rewind, and I was one of those guys. I was mad when we didn't re-sign Lael Collins because he was not bad for the Cowboys. Yeah, he had hit some injury history and some penalty history, but he was a decent fill-in, and I was still worried that uh, Steele wouldn't be able to play at a high level. Fast forward to Steele on his way to having an all-pro and Pro Bowl season gets hurt but played unreal and Mm. Collins a year later at this time is possibly going to be back being a free agent. It's kind of shitty because whenever we talk about most of the, most of the moves that were made last season, you always hear about the Amari Cooper thing, but minus completely flubbing that the Cowboys struck gold honestly by not re-signing Randon Gregory or re-signing Lael Collins. Yeah. I mean, if we would have, if we would have re-signed both those guys, like, I mean, Randy Gregory went on to play five games. He broke the bank yeah. fr- from the Broncos, only played five games. We had Dorrance Armstrong and uh, Sam Williams, who filled in more than more than enough for Randy Gregory's production. And then, like I said, Steele had an amazing season. Oh, hi. I'm fake Jerry Jones. Whenever I'm relaxing in my office, I like to listen to the sweet serenade of my favorite Hawaiian tunes while I check out the latest Cowboys Can Fan podcast. This one has been a gooder. Anyways, these boys need to pay some bills, so hang on while we get through some ads. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with Privacy Mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course. Present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh! There it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's one. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Well, now that those ads are finally over, we can get back to the podcast, and I can get back to salting my McMuffins. How about them cowboys? Yeah, so, I mean, this is kind of in line with all the moves that are made. I some people just flat out don't trust the Cowboys. Um, I really like what I see when they when they make these t- tough decisions. Sometimes it takes them a while. Like, um, you know, I, I wonder how long the Zeke fiasco is probably going to go on till after July. I'm sure that makes the most <laughs> sense when the July 1st cut date. But, you know, these, the these July scenarios June are... June 1st, sorry. Sorry. The, the, yeah, it's June 1st. Where you can snip save them. a bunch of money. Snip them already. But, yeah. But 
both Lael Collins and Randy Gregory, I, wa- I was a little upset that they weren't re-signed, but now in hindsight, yeah, it's, it's a great move. So even more reason to, to trust them. And that's going to happen again this season. There's going to be someone that we want them to re-sign that they don't, that they move away from, and we're, all, we're probably going to be mad about it. And then it might yep. end up working out, it might not. And there was, there was, it worked out in both ways last year. Getting rid of Mari Cooper hurt us, but they made a couple good plays that also saved us. Yeah, exactly. And I, and for me, the Amari Cooper opened up the door to allow us to sign Peters, even though I don't think it was up for a huge contract. But um, they could have done more with it. That's for damn sure. And they, they could have got more for it. But let's not open up that can of worms. <laughs> How about three reasons uh, the Cowboys should pursue star receiver DeAndre Hopkins? Now, before I even read this, I just don't think it's even possible with this contract he's got 30 million and 26 million i think guaranteed or on the cap hit anyways over the next two seasons i would love to make a play for him i just do not see how it's possible well that's what i was going to say because they have the three reasons why we should go for receiver deandre hopkins but there's one big reason that we're not going to (laughs) he's going to cost way too much money right like i like you said there's no there's no fucking way it's going to happen He's going to be super expensive. I get obviously, obviously a guy like him is going to help the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are already in financial cap hell trying to add a player like him. And he's going to want to still have a, he's still going to be taking a big cap number. I just don't think it's possible, but for fun, we will see what the three reasons are. Absolutely. Yeah. So number one is take some pressure off of CD lamb. I mean, and I'll say this with this. Is this not something that we could do with throughout the draft too, though? Right? Oh, like this is. Absolutely. I'd like to. I'd like to do this as we go through these three points. Drafting a uh, wide receiver in the first or second round theoretically should take pressure off a of CD Lamb, right? Yes. So there's like there's there's way cheaper ways. There's also and granted it didn't work very well last year with the free agency signings of wide receivers that we went for, but there is even going to be some wide receivers in the free agency market that are going to be cheaper than someone like DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, exactly. Um, When I looked at the list, the two that stuck out to me that produced and then also had like, I think around $3 million a year contracts, which which might go up for sure, but Juju Smith-Schuster and Jacoby Myers, those two, I don't think they solve the issue, but I think if you're looking to like, just add some, to take some pressure off, those two would be able to do that, especially Let's uh, also remember Michael Gallup will be back. Um, and the consensus on that is that uh, he was a little lackluster last season because his injury was still nagging him. That won't be an excuse. So, you know, if, if it's all, if it all lines up and that's true, um, adding in like a, a, a Juju Smith Schuster or a Jacoby Myers. Odell Beckham. Would be beneficial. Odell Beckham. Yeah. He's, those he's those would be still beneficial. Out there. Right. So there is definitely, there's still definitely guys who could be cheaper. And then you could even go down the list a little bit more. So I just saw Jacoby Meyer there. I'm just kind of yep. going through the top list here. There's Juju. Juju's ranked the 27th uh, most sought after free agent. I'm just going to, I want to see who the next guy would be. Just give me a sec here. Cause there's always, there's always plug and play guys that you can end up finding in free agency. Um, uh, except it kind of bit us in the ass last year. It didn't work at all. 
So I guess after actually, AJ, after those three guys, there's not a whole lot. So I wonder if they might be sought yeah. after. I mean, there's Darius, yeah, Darius true. Slayton, Darius Slayton at 55. I mean, he was he was all right. He's definitely serviceable. Uh, who else do we got here? I wish they could. A- Alan Alan Lazard had a respectable season, but again, he's just not like that player who's going to boost the offense. He might just help keep it. Right. They, so I guess that I guess that's what they're saying. Like DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to be. I mean, if he gets signed to your team, he's pretty much your number one wide receiver. Like I guess CD Lamb might still be targeted, but DeAndre Hopkins is a true number one, also. Yeah. So number one is take some pressure off CD Lamb. Number two, DeAndre Hopkins' contract is absorbable. Okay, you got to read this because you got to explain this to me. How is it absorbable? Okay. Because I've been thinking yeah. that it wasn't. So. Me too. So Hopkins has received all of his guaranteed money. Uh, he would likely seek another contract with a new team, but as of now, all teams need to give up any, uh, all teams need to give up our multiple second round picks, possible multiple second round picks, they say. So this is a decision the front office would have to make, but to get a top 10 receiver for this asking price is not costly. Hopkins contract is easy to deal with, so there should be no salary cap issues. So I guess maybe if they sign him, they could or if they trade for him, they could re-sign him, and then, and then that would be fine. But um, I don't but know. Do I think I, that's. Do you think that's possible? Like they're saying, Hopkins. Okay, so he's got all his guaranteed money, but he wants to. Whenever he gets signed by a new team, he's going to want a new contract. Yeah, right? and that's going to be that's going to be with new guaranteed. So this this kind of reason is reaching a little bit for me. I don't think this is a good enough reason to sign a guy because no, you're hoping, I, because he's been. Because he's been paid already, but and they say right, way, they, they contradict themselves right after by saying he's going to want a new contract. Well, well, even if he does, it's still going to be fifteen or twenty million a season. Exactly. So that's still going to count against the cap. And I think right now we're still what seven million Five mil over. Over, yeah. So we're st- we're still over. So it still just doesn't seem plausible. No. Um, and then of course give Dak. Prescott another weapon. I mean, this goes hand in hand with um, point number one too, yeah, right? Point number one. I'd almost say they're the same point. Yeah. So I'll. I'll, so, I'll I let's, mean, let's let's say this. I'll give I'll give two reasons why it's not a good idea. Yep. One because, and I guess they're kind of hand in hand. Reason one, he's going to cost way too much money, and reason two, there's better ways to address a position of need like wide receiver that are more affo- affordable and not detrimental to what the Cowboys are going to want to do in 2023 through the draft and possibly through free agency. I, I just think that's a better route than trading, trading two for two second round picks and then also being stuck in a salary cap contract issue. Yeah. And, and I think the picks are more valuable. Same. I think you could are. probably, I think where we're at, he's 30 years old. There's a possibility that you pick up a, very good football player in the second round who could end up having more production in our offense. And then you're not having that weird, who's the number one receiver, CD lamb or Deandre Hopkins, CD lamb's the guy. And then you bring in a younger guy to help fill in that role. Yep. Yep. Um, granted, granted, I would love to, it would be cool to see what Hopkins would do on the offense, but I, I don't think it's oh, going to happen. If it does happen, I'm happy for it. Uh, but it gotta be realistic. So uh, um, an article here by Joey, Joey Polizzi, 
That's how I'm going to say his name. Examining the pros. Pull Izzy on this. Yeah. (laughs) Examining the pros and cons of Cowboys re-signing Dalton Schultz. So another most likely not probable scenario. Yeah. But uh, uh, let's have a look at what they have to say. First of all, has your mind changed on Schultzy at all? If, If we're bringing him back? Yeah. I, I don't think we're bringing him back. I think he's going to be too expensive. And again, they're calling this draft class one of the best tight end draft classes in the last 20 years. So, I mean, realistically, again, even though we just drafted two tight ends last year and Jake Ferguson and, and Peyton Hendershot, you could possibly find a third one to get into that rotation that the Cowboys like to run. There's other places we need to spend money, and I don't think Schultz is going to be one of the spots the Cowboys decide to spend the money on. No. Um, but here's what they're saying. The Cowboys aren't expected to tag Schultz. Um, he received an, a $10.9 million tag last year. Probably going to be a top, one of the top tight ends on the free market, which makes it even more unlikely because he's going to get uh, going to get paid, son. Um, but I was hoping they'd have points here, but they just got a, a, bu- a bunch of written stuff. But I guess well, hey, here, what do you give, think? Let's give, let's give let's give let's get yeah let's give us our pros. This is, they give yeah, us yeah. a good topic to discuss. I mean, pros. Yeah. He's been Dak Prescott's safety blanket for the last three seasons. He's honestly been in the top five tight end categories or t- top five tight end in most categories for the last three seasons. That's why he's priced himself out from the Cowboys. But the con, I, I won't even roll into cons yet. But that's the pros. He's no yeah a touchdown a touchdown machine. He's very good in the in the red zone. Dak Prescott's very comfortable with him, and he's a top player at his position. Those would be my pros. Yeah, that's. I mean, I go go along with all that. I I think he is. He's going to be. He's never going to be an, a standout um, tight end like that. Takes a special type of player. He's never uh, going to be a like, Gronkowski or a yeah Travis Kelsey. He's going to be. There's the dominant, there's the top of echelon, and then Schultz is, I would say, right below that. But he's yeah. still gonna get yeah, he's exactly. still gonna get paid. He's still gonna get paid. He's still gonna make a lot of money. Yeah, and he's young too, so you're gonna get a couple of years out of him. And his blocking, um, okay, I'll yeah. say that his block his blocking got better this year too. I found I thought he blocked a lot better than he did in previous seasons, which is only adding to his amount of money he's about to make. Yeah. Well that this is the market value they say for him as a the first con is four years, sixty million dollars, so fifteen million dollars a year, and that's a big enough con to um, just not have him get resigned. Yeah, especially look when when um, we broke down what Ferguson and Hendershot could uh, could replicate without Schultz there, and things did turn out to be more prosperous in terms of yards and touchdowns and, and catch rate and all that. Uh, but those are still like. It's such a small sample size, but the, again, there was a lot of uh, agreement online that what we saw, even though it wasn't that much between Hendershot and Ferguson was enough to say these guys can take over. Do you think it is? No, I think, I I think he's going to, there's going to be a little bit of an empty, like there's going to be a spot missing because of Schultz. Right. But uh, yes, this Signing him for four years, $60 million is just not happening. Well, well, this kind of changed my mind. When we did our mock drafts, I was like saying, no, no tight ends. But I've changed my mind because after looking at some of the tight ends, I think there's 
again, like you just mentioned, there's two elite, and then there's a bunch of that next level uh, in terms of the draft prospects coming in for tight ends. So if by chance one of those elite tight ends who can basically act as a receiver uh, is available at 26, I could see that happening too. I think the one guy's name is Mayers. Let's go look. Darnell Washington, he was that big dude that we were looking at, the the big blocking tight end I think Law Nation had posted. He ended up looking like a, his a name? Beast. Oh, uh, Darnell, Darnell Washington. Washington. Six foot seven, 264 pounds, 34 and three-eighths inch arms and 11 inch hands. The guy is just a beast. Yeah, so like I wouldn't be – there he is. I wouldn't be against the uh, the Cowboys – drafting a tight end as a like weapon a dynamic weapon and again like there's i mean there is the free agency market you maybe you get a tight end that's six or seven six to eight million a year instead of 15 for like a one or two year deal maybe a guy looking to be on a prove it type thing like gasecki from the dolphins i can't imagine him garnering too much interest from that a lot of teams i just again I love Dalton Schultz. He had a great season, but I think it's time to move on to cheaper options. Yeah. And this is what the Cowboys hopefully have learned. Um, sometimes it works out. And, and for when Zeke is playing like there, if you took the first half of each season, 2021, 2022, great. He's had great numbers, but then he gets a little injured and, you know, his uh, production totally drops off. And then it, then at that point, it's like, oh, well, now this isn't worth it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Were you going to crack it? Is, there we go. Crack him if you got him, son. I was just waiting for a perfect time and crack him if you got him. Um, okay, well, we can get to the last article here. I'd like to get to your last article. A potential Cowboys first-round target subject to character concerns at Combine. And this is a guy I like. This is a guy I like. What's his name? Cam Smith. Cam Smith, cornerback. He's, uh, to me, I, I think if, if he's there even at 26, you got to look at him. But it's the issue is there is – the character issues, they don't really say what they are. They just say that, well, they're checking him out some character issues have popped up. So it doesn't, it's a very vague article, but people do have him falling down draft boards. So it's gotta be something substantial. Hmm. So what's it saying in that article, AJ? Cause I can't read it. Yeah. um, It says that teams quiz players on their football intelligence, but also dig into their background. Um, They said that his character concerns are hurting Sam with teams, which have identified issues such as work ethic, makeup and off-field habits. So, I mean, the off-field habits is something that is kind of universal and in some sense with players like, uh, and, and I'm not just saying it for, uh, on football, but just you grow up with a group of friends and not all of them, some of them turn out to be rotten apples, but they're still your friends because you don't really discover that as a teenager. It's fun then you become an adult and you start to have a career and make lots of money. Um, and then it can become a little bit more obvious who those 
those rotten apples are. So I don't blame anyone for those types of issues. Although at the same time, you are an adult and these aren't things that are like new. They should be part of the whole um, build up to becoming an NFL athlete and moving on to become a professional athlete. Like I would assume that this is something that is taught. I don't know if it's taught, but like, you're like, hey, make sure that you have these things in check, uh, and make sure you stay away from these kinds of people. What do Seems they mean by of, what do they mean by makeup? I would assume like making things up, like uh, if work misses, ethic, makeup, and off the field issues. It's, it just seems I don't really understand the makeup part of it. I understand yeah. like the work ethic that's self explanatory, the off the field issues, but the off the field issues is supposed to be what we're talking about. I don't know. seems like a hit piece. <laughs> could, could be, but I think the work, the work ethic and makeup might be like the on field type of issues in, in the locker room. Like, like the, is he, does he miss a practice and not make it up or something? I don't know. That's too vague. And it's definitely not uh cosmetics. Oh, off the field habits. Sorry. That's my fault. So off the field habits, would that be like maybe yeah. smoking and drinking and, party that's what i was or, saying like like or video and, or vid too much vid too much twitch too maybe he's maybe he's video gaming it too much it would be like yeah like who i think a lot of it has to be like who do you hang out with yeah uh just got to get him around a good group of dudes and i don't know i like cam smith if he's there at it i maybe and hopefully maybe this falls down maybe he falls back into the second round and we can make amends for drafting kelvin joseph who also had some character issues and off the field stuff and was kind of what made him fall down draft boards, kind of similar players. Actually, they're both coming out of college was physical and uh, had some stuff being said about them off the field. Do you find it? How much do you take in? If you're a team, how much do you actually put into that? Like, do you think, Oh, well, we'll get him here. We'll get him to Dallas. We'll get him into our system. We'll get him around the guy, the right guys. And that stuff will bring out the better in them. Do you take a lot into that? Or do you think, It'll just be same old, same old, and it ends up turning into him having more off the field issues because now he has a bigger. Uh, well, now he's walking around as an NFL star and in one of the biggest media centers in the world. I think that the I think the off field habits are less concerning to an extent because it's like, look, that's just part of growing up. But the work ethic is a is a bit of a concern. But you got to talk to him and see, like, where's his head at? Like, was he just so good at college that he didn't really have to try, as an example? Which is, like, I think you can – that's something that can be corrected. Um, you know, let's look at Justin Fields and his first comment in the NFL where he was like, yeah, oh, it's it just wasn't – It's easy. It wasn't too fast. And then he got smoked. <laughs> and, and, and now it's been, like – whatever a year or so and he's become a really good football player so i don't i don't know if that has much connection with work ethic but that's the same type of thing like um i think i do agree but the interviews it's important to get them into your program to really help them develop that mentality side of things for sure but it could be a red flag um absolutely and and obviously it's if it's hurting someone's draft stock um, then it's something that they do take into account. To, to me, though, the it would have to be more of that on-field or or that work ethic that would be 
something that concerns me more. Well, yeah, because off off the field stuff and and uh, hanging out with the wrong people, wrong crowd, that can be changed. But work ethic yeah. is one of those things that if you have bad work ethic, you're not going to just wake up the next day and be like, "I'm going to turn it up now." You're going to have you're going to be the last guy into the you're going to be the last guy into the facility and the first guy gone, right? And this is where I kind of think Dan Quinn and Mike McCarthy. They'll be able to, this is the whole thing, like you said, with the interview process. I feel like they'll have a good feel on that type of player if he's not the right fit or not. Because I yeah. love, he's, he's a, he's a, he would be a great fit for the defense for the ways he plays on the field. He's physical, he's strong, he likes to hit, he likes contact. He'd be great in that aspect, but we don't need any guys taking plays off. No, no. And they're... Could be something coming in. If, if you're a leader on the team, I'm not saying this is a, uh, this is good either, but it's difficult to be the motivator and then come onto a team and you're getting motivated by like everyone else who is uh, an, an NFL pro and you respect that. And so there could be that difference as well, just moving up from being looked at as a leader and then now you are looking for someone to lead you. Uh, obviously, you want... Uh, your players to eventually turn into those leadership roles, but that could, that can affect a person's work ethic too, where their, their motivation changes. So who the fuck knows? You gotta, you gotta trust that. Yeah. DQ and the rest of the um, organization, when they're doing the interviews, they ask the right questions and they get that, that vibe and can determine that. Um, Cause there has been nightmare scenarios with players who, uh, have all the skills, all the athleticism, but then they just shit the bed when it comes to actually putting in the time. Yep. And then you're now you're getting into the NFL where every person that you're playing against is just as athletic as you, if not more. So it's the guys, the guys that end up becoming great in the NFL are the guys that are working extra hard, right? Like everyone, I mean, maybe a very small percentage of NFL players are still getting by by pure athleticism where most of the best are, they're also the most dedicated. They're the most motivated. They're the hardest workers, right? So those traits mm-hmm. at the, in the NFL level end up becoming so much more than the physical attributes a player has. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's all the uh, articles. Actually, there was one more here. We had the top 100 free agents. Yeah, I just had that up. It's kind of, we should just quickly go through it. I want to see how many Cowboys are on it. And I yeah, want to okay. think. I want to see how many Cowboys are on it, and how many we think we're going to retain. So where's the first cow? Where's the first cowboy come in at? I think it's probably Tony Pollard would be my guess. Somewhere down the list. Oh, go up for a sec. That's who we want right there. Payne. Up one more. That's who. If we're going to try, yeah. If we're trying to go for anyone. And this is the thing: we could end up getting a guy like him, and then that ends up end up ends up totally shifting how we focus the drafting yes. party, right? But yeah, Durant well, uh, Payne well, looks like a, a beast. On that, what I would love to see the Cowboys do is go out and solve one of those draft questions in free agency, just one. Yeah, um, I think that would go a long way, and and Payne would be a great place to put your chips in. I think because uh, he's a certain dude; he's young. And, and, uh, I don't know that defensive tackle outweighs wide receiver or cornerback necessarily, but that would make things a lot easier 
for decision making. I feel like it's a I feel like it's a spot that you could I'd rather take a guy that has a resume than just guessing on someone in the draft. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we don't draft a ton of defensive tackles, but I just know that this guy's going to cut if we ended up signing him to a big contract, he's going to come in and and help a position in need. And this is the different part. Like I believe this position, defensive tackle is a bigger fill in than say wide receiver, right? But I feel like there's mm-hmm. a better prospect in pain right now than there is at 26 where we draft. But there might be a better yeah. wide receiver at 26 than going and getting a free agent. Do you know what I mean? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, the commanders have placed the franchise on him. So I don't know how that works out. If someone oh. franchises, can you trade for him or no. match it? Like how? No, yeah, he'll be on it. their team. Yeah, he'll be on their team. I didn't. I didn't know that. Boo Irons. Okay, still still scrolling down. Bobby Wagner wouldn't be bad. Okay, take a stab uh, at him. I feel like Tony Pollard's not getting any love here. There we go, Schultz. Schultz. Oh, back to back. I don't know about that ranking there. I would say, I'd say Pollard's probably higher on the scale of free agents top hundred than than Dalton Schultz, in my honest opinion. So, out of those two guys, who do you think we retain? I mean, there's. They're saying I we're going to franchise TP, so. Yeah, and and honestly, for the for the organization, the franchise is the best choice. Um, as long as you go ahead and look to draft his replacement in this year's draft at some point, because if you franchise him this year, he has another great season, the value is just going to go up, and then you're going to sign him at 27. For a lot, like now you're just kind of repeating that Zeke contract scenario. So I think Tony Polar gets franchised and stays one more year as a Cowboy, but then I damn well hope they find a replacement for him. It is true, though, TP20's only had a little over 500 carries in his four-year career. so Which is fuck uh, all for a guy that it's not, has yeah. potential. So there, there, there is that argument that he uh, he's young enough that he could still run for four more seasons as a full time, like as your number one, just don't do crew. what we did with Zeke and make it like a six year. Do like a three year or four. You sure. know, you know, like if you're gonna if you're gonna sign him long term, granted he's gonna be looking for something that sets him up for the rest of his life. But you franchise tag him. Maybe they even find out. Maybe they end up getting working out a two year or three year deal using Zeke as kind of an example, saying, "Hey man, like we love to have you on the team, but we just don't want to bite in like we did last time." Yeah. Well, they can always franchise and then sign a contract. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, which, yep, they so, can do that. So, and I think, I don't know. I, that, that's it, right? Hey, for free agents. Uh, I'd say, I'd say, I, I, my guess is Wilson's on there somewhere. Oh, Donovan, yeah. Donovan Wilson's got to be on there somewhere. And then there might be, I'm trying to think who else that could possibly be on there. Leighton Vanderesh might be on there somewhere deep, deep at the end. I mean, LVE, yeah. I think, deserves to be on the top 100. So there's, yeah, Donovan Wilson, ranked 56. Everyone likes their safeties to play linebacker these days, and that's where Wilson does his best work. Hey, man, I agree with that. Do you think Cowboys ha- are going to re- re-sign him? I hope so. He's one of our – he's our fan favorite for us. He's a can fan fan. Like, he was one of your favorite players, one of my favorite players. We He's yep. super noticeable when he's on the field, and I really hope they bring Dono back. And safeties, you can easily do those two-year contracts with them. Yep, yep. I and and the market's not crazy, but someone might 
someone might come out and oh there's lve 78 it was fun to watch vander esch in dallas even if his old quickness isn't all the way back in his rookie form he anticipates so well and lve won his way into my heart he did have a good season and i would like for them to be able to work something out with him yeah out of all of them on the board out of those four i want to see I want to see TP's going to get um, franchised if they don't sign the contract. So let's not look at him. But L, it would go Wilson, LVE, and then Schultz. I agree. I that's my kind of. I definitely definitely Wilson over the three because as you mentioned, Tony Pollard is pretty much going to be on the team. What about this scenario? LVE, um, a four-year contract at about seven seven million a year average, or uh, fuck, what was his name? The linebacker from the Rams? Bobby Wagner? Bobby Wagner, two years for 12. Oh, I don't, I don't know if they could. Are we just saying, like, cap aside? What cap would I say if, if like, we had it? Well, I got to go, go Bobby Wagner, man. Yeah, obviously, I mean, I'll take cap in, in, like, they could do it, let's just say, but it would just mean that you don't have five million dollar less to do things. I would take Bobby Wagner. I still think he has two years left in him. Yeah, me too. Who would you take? You take Wagner. Yeah, yeah, I'd take Wagner because you have the resume, and he is thirty three though, but he's just on that tier above LVE at this point. So. Yeah, I'd say still, still very. He had a very good season last year, and he. The only reason he's leaving the Rams is because he wants to play for a Super Bowl contending team and he doesn't think that the Rams are going to be contending for a Super Bowl again anytime soon. So I don't I don't blame the guy. They mutually parted ways and he's going for his last run. Hell yeah. Well hey come to the come to the Cowboys. Give us a little sweet deal too. Give us some of that sweet, 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 sweet dealness, baby. Well it's gonna be exciting, man, because the the free agency is going to start unraveling. I just hope we're not standing around holding our nuts like last year it felt like <laughs> Yeah, the, nothing really happened in free agency for us, did it? It was kind of like you were, you kept getting these little tidbits, thinking the Cowboys were going to make this big, big move, and it just never happened. No, no. And I feel like the Cowboys were possibly one good player away from really having a decent shot at the Super Bowl. There could have been yeah. that one player against San Francisco that if you would have just went out at free agency and got him, maybe he makes a play in that big game, and then it's all worth it. Yeah. So, or what do we do on Wednesday? Are we ads still gone on Wednesday? Ads gone on Wednesday. He's not back Thursday, so we can, uh, which is what we originally planned. So let's just go Wednesday again. Um, okay. Same time, same place, but we'll figure out. Are you up? Are you back up in K Town? Yeah, yeah, I am. Okay, so we'll probably just do it this way again. Do it um, this way, we'll find we'll find someone. We'll bring on a guest. We'll live it up. We got to do our. We got to do our version three of our mock draft. Yeah, I might, I might head. I could if uh, Ving, Studio V set up, I could go there and we could run it from from there. Yeah, that, so. that'd be sweet. So we'll, we'll look at that. So Wednesday at six p.m. Pacific, nine p.m. Eastern, we will be back. No, there's not going to be any outro music because our C our CT yeah just our CTOs out gallivanting in New York, New York. So it's a hell of a town. Alex and Bandwagon Boy 2 over there and myself are going to try to man the space for the next, what, just one more episode? And then our uh, our chief technical officer will be back to make us go from a $5-looking podcast to 
$50,000 looking podcast. There we go. That's why he's on salary. That's why he's on salary. All right, man. We will be back Wednesday night. Anyone that stopped by, thanks. And I hope you stop by for the mock draft. We out. Yes. Peace. I'm still going to dance like there's outro music. Yeah, yeah.